scriptures to Hebrews chapter 2. One major theme that I, I keep hearing as we read through these scriptures together is one I believe we all need to hear today. That message is hope. It's hope for the, for the lost, for those who do not know Christ as their Lord. The possibilities that can happen with their life if they will, but just trust. And also hope for the believer, that no matter what we go through in this life, we have hope in Christ Jesus our Lord. In Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 5, it says this, For it was not to angels that God subjected the world to come, of which we are speaking. It has been testified somewhere. What is man that you are mindful of him, or the son of man that you care for him? You made him a little while lower than the angels. You have crowned him with glory and honor, putting everything in subjection under his feet. Now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside of this control. At present, we do not yet see everything in subjection to him. But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. For it was fitting that he, for whom and by whom all things exist, in bringing many sons to glory, should make the founder of their salvation perfect through suffering. For he who sanctifies and those who are sanctified all have one source. That is why he is not ashamed to call them brothers, saying, I will tell of your name to my brothers in the midst of the congregation. I will sing your praise, and again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children God has given me. Verse 14. Since therefore the children share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same things, that through death he might destroy the one who has the power of death, that is, the devil, and deliver all those who through fear and death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it is not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect, so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God, to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. 
Let's pray. Our Father, today we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you how it nourishes our soul. Father, today as we, as we gather, as we hear these words, and as we ponder, Lord, what decisions we will make with what we learned today, I pray that you would send us out a church on fire for you. Lord, may we understand that you are all-powerful, that salvation comes from you, and that, Lord, you can get us through any trial. And we ask this in your most holy name. Amen. Amen. You know, there are three points that I, I really wanted us as a, as a congregation to kind of focus on this morning. So if you're taking notes, get that piece of paper, that notebook, <laughs> whatever it is. Maybe it's a TV guide. Do people still do TV guides? I'm not sure. But, but grab whatever piece of paper that you have and write these three points down. I, I want to come back and, and hit all three points, and then we'll be wrapping up in the book of Lamentations. But, but the first point that I, I want us to, to draw out of these scriptures today, the first point is we serve a God who is completely in control of all things. Point one, we serve a God who is completely in control over all things. Point two, we serve a God who is the only way to forgiveness. And life. And the third point is we serve a God who can get us through all trials. All trials. That first point, I, I draw it out of there, uh, that verse 8, and as you're kind of just recapping and just seeing what it says, but in verse 8 it says that putting everything in subjection under Christ's feet, his feet, now in putting everything in subjection to him, he left nothing outside his control. If you're in your Bibles and you're writing stuff down, underline that. He left nothing outside of his control. So that first point, when we serve a God who is completely in control of all things. Now I know a lot of times in our life we can kind of think that maybe God is not hearing us or God is not intervening. But the truth of the matter is, is that he's in control even if we don't feel like he is. Even if things aren't going the way that we think they should go, God is in control. He is the God who, who created all things. He is the God who, who was, who's been with people. <laughs> he's been wanting communion with folks. Uh, he's the God that is going to redeem all of us. And so understand and never forget the very fact of the matter. And, and, and the writer here is, just, is, is quick to point out that even though we don't see all of the reach of God, we don't see all of the, the power of God, that does not mean that he is not fully in control. So praise God today that we serve a God who is completely in control of all things. That point alone should just wreck your mind to think that no matter what you're going through in this life, God is in control. His plans are so much bigger than we can even see. And so as believers in Jesus Christ, we must just have faith. And, and that's truly what faith is. It's, it's believing in things that we might not even see. But we know that God is good 
And we know that we can follow after him. And so if we follow after him, he's going to take care of us. And who would want a God that wasn't in control of everything? God is powerful. And so today we celebrate that, to, to be reminded on this Sunday morning or whatever time of the day it is that you're watching this, to understand that God is powerful. Jesus Christ himself never was defeated. Even at the cross of Calvary, it looked as if Christ has been defeated, but, but he was not. He, he was in control. God had given him, the Father had been given him the, the power to be over all things, even though it didn't look like he was in control. He was. So we gather and we celebrate that today, that he is a God who is completely in control of all things. Uh, the second point, again, is we serve a God who is the only way to forgiveness and life. He's the only way to forgiveness and life. And in, and in verse 9, it, it just really hits that point home. But we see him who for a little while was made lower than the angels, namely Jesus, crowned with glory and honor because of the suffering of death, so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. What Christ did on the cross is, is the work that you and I should glory in today. And he is the only way that we can have life. He is the only way that we can have forgiveness. And as believers in Jesus Christ, as we gather around this town, around this community, around this, these United States, or wherever it is you're listening today, understand the very fact that, one, God is in control of all things. It's not the government. It's not the, the world systems. It's not even the devil. God is ultimately in control. And never forget that God, God alone, is the one who gave us salvation. It doesn't come at anything else. This world, especially during times such as this, they're going to, uh, there'll be people in the world that will be throwing out alternatives to what you've been taught in Scripture. And last week we were reminded to carefully remember, to consider, to look back on everything that we've been taught. And what we've been taught are these points this morning, the very fact that God is all-powerful, that God is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one goes to the Father except through Jesus Christ the Lord. And so today, may we be guilty of, of not just knowing these things, but of living them out. Guys, live your life in such a way that it's fearless. Live your life in such a way that it's sure we can be fearless because we know that God is in control. We can be sure because we know that his sacrifice at the cross of Calvary was once and for all. Once and for all. What a powerful message that, that we need to be reminded of this morning of who our God is. The third point that we were going to hit this morning, look at this, point three. We serve a God who can get us through any trial. Now there in that, that verse, it says that, that Jesus had basically suffered when tempted, and he's able to help us when we're suffering and tempted. And a lot of times you say tempted, we often go to the worst thing in the world, you know? David and Bathsheba type stuff. But for most of us, temptation is, it, it can be a number of things, and 
honestly, it's just as dangerous. For instance, during a time such as this, we can be tempted to trust in other things. We can be tempted to, to, uh, to look at to what man is saying or what culture is saying and adopt that as what we believe and leave God at the wayside. No, never forget who he is. Never forget how powerful that he is. When all of this is said and done and when everything kind of settles down and we're all back together, don't adopt a new worldview where you're just going to sometimes consider God and maybe consider him at home, but be a person who is adamant about the work of Christ and adamant about the work of Christ with his body. Be an active member in the church where you go. Be an active member. If you go here at First Baptist in Porham, be an active member. Be an active part of, of everything that's going on here. Don't just be someone who adopts a new worldview where you sometimes bring God into your life. But rather be someone who brings God into your life at all times. And church, will you, will you not understand this morning that God desires communion with us, that God desires us to have a close relationship with him. And if we can just for a moment this morning, out of this week, can we stop and just say, God, if we're not putting you as number one in our lives, would you please forgive us? Because you are all-powerful. You are salvation and redemption. You are the one who gets us through this life. No matter the temptation or the trial, you are the God that can get us through all of this. And praise God as we're looking through this, there is a message that the church has to proclaim to the world. And that message is, we have hope. We have hope. Don't, don't let the world lie to you. Don't let the things of this world lie to you. Don't let possessions and, and prestige and friends and everything else in this world, do not let that lie to you. There's no hope in those things. Those things fall apart or end at some point, but the hope of Jesus Christ, the hope that we have in him, will never end. It is a hope that lasts for all generations, for now and for all time. So stop playing games. Stop being someone who, who just sometimes puts your foot in the circle to, to do what God is calling you to. But be a person who's all in. Be a person who's all in. Because you see, we really don't have a reason not to. Because we serve a God who is all-powerful. We serve a God who gives us salvation and life. And we serve a God who can help us get through any trial. We are a people of hope. We are a people of hope. You know, I think fundamentally that ought to change the way we, we view everything that's going on right now. For one, it changes the way that you live your life. It changes your attitudes about things. It changes so much. I believe that when you truly get close to the Lord, that what used to seem important will no longer seem important because what he's doing is the most important thing. When you recognize how powerful he is, when you recognize that your salvation, your standing right now as a believer comes from him, it changes you. 
When you're going through hard times, it changes you. You, you don't look for the same stuff. You don't turn to uh, the bottle or the needle or the group of people, but you turn to Jesus Christ himself because he is our strength. He is our strength, and because of him, we are a people of hope. We are a people of hope. C.S. Lewis wrote, God whispers to us in our pleasure. He speaks to us in our conscience. But he shouts to us in our pains. It is his megaphone to rouse a deaf world. Some people might say, well, why in the world would God allow pandemics to happen? Here's what I want you to understand. That's the world's view. <laughs> That's the world's ideology. God's is so much bigger. God has an ultimate plan. And through this time of turmoil, or through whatever it is, that you're going through in life, whatever trial you're going through, however you're being tempted today, whatever it is that's, that's kind of knocking you off at your pedestal, here's what I want you to understand, that God is using those times to, to proclaim his message of goodness and grace, his message of the gospel. And that those rough times, God can use those as a megaphone that speaks to the world and says, trust in me, follow me. Live in me. And so today we're reminded of that. I really feel that the news and maybe even stay at home, I haven't got to stay home very much, so I haven't got to enjoy the, the pains of quarantine too much. It's, it's quite funny. I, I work all day, and most nights I come home and work church stuff, but, uh, you know, the weekend rolls around or even certain nights of the week, and, uh, you know, my... My family, they look like Laurel, Laura Ingalls Wilder. They're, they're wanting to get out of the house and go to town with Paul, you know? And the last thing I want to do is go anywhere. But, but I can get it that if you're stuck in your house all day, or if, you know, even for us as believers, it's, it's hard not coming together and worshiping Christ. And I don't want to tell you, well, things are going to get better. I can tell you that, and I really, I believe they will. But the... Those words are short-lived. What you as a believer in Jesus Christ need to hear today is that he is all that you need. He's all-powerful. He's your salvation. He's the one that's going to get you through this time. So trust in him today because we indeed are a people of hope. We are a people who need him more and more each and every day of our lives. The book of Lamentations, and I'm going to kind of wrap it up here this morning. The book of Lamentations chapter 3. Uh, the, the prophet is writing this and, 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 and he's talking, he's lamenting literally about all the bad stuff that the nation had been going through. But even in the midst of this, this tale that's, that's being given to us in Scripture, Lamentations chapter 3, he gives a picture of who God is. And it's like the exact same thing we just read in Hebrews the exact same definition of who our God is. Lamentations chapter 3. Look at this, verse, verse 22. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. Do you like that? I love that. Steadfast love of the Lord, it never ceases. He doesn't stop there. 
His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. How many times have you been blessed by that verse or that song that, that uses this verse? Great is your faithfulness. Why is his, his faithfulness so great? Well, it's because it never ends. That steadfast love that's new every morning, that steadfast love that we can turn to in our darkest nights, that steadfast love that we can, we can look to in the midst of a pandemic or cancer or someone leaving us or someone dying, he is always there. He is all-powerful. He is our salvation, and he can get us through the darkest nights every morning. It ends the night. Every morning brings a new day. Every morning brings new provisions for the day. Every morning brings new forgiveness for new sins. And every morning brings strength for new temptations and trials. That's the God we serve. Don't, don't view God as someone who's requiring too much of you. Don't, don't view God as someone who's, who, who's kind of like the man and he's holding you down. No, view God as the powerhouse that you need so that you can keep going. View God as that, as that charger that you need for your cell phone. You'll never watch, see somebody looking for something so hard as they will for a charger when their cell phone is dying. Be like that when it comes to God. Be in a way that, that you can't wait to get up in the morning because you understand that today's a new day, that today his, his mercies are all new, his love for me is all new. It never runs out. It never wanes. It is forever. And the steadfast love of God never runs out. It's always there. It's always someone for us. So it's always there for us. Verse 25 says, The Lord is good to those who, who wait for him. To the soul who seeks him, it is good that one should wait quietly for the salvation of the Lord. It's good to wait quietly for the salvation of God. So during this time, it's not like we're just being silent and still. When you hear the word wait, understand, that's a, that's, a, that's a word that really connotates this idea that we are expecting God to speak. When you wait on the Lord, it's not just being idle and just sitting silent, which silence can be part of it. But honestly, when it comes to waiting for the Lord, we are expecting Him to do good stuff. And why are we expecting him to do good stuff? We understand he's all-powerful. We understand he's our salvation. We understand he's the one that gets us through the rough times in life. And praise be to God, his love never ends. It never fails. It's always there. And even in a time such as this, we can look to him and glorify him because we know that he is good. C.H. Spurgeon wrote this, talking about the, the, the sea. Uh, there's something about the sea that's always just captivated me. Boats, ships, it's always captivated me. I think I, think I would have been a pretty good, you know, pirate 
proclaiming the gospel, whatever that means. But I've always loved it. <laughs> but in Lamentations, we, we read of this, this God who's all loving, this God who we need to wait upon. Spurgeon understood that, and he says this, at the south of Africa, the sea was generally so stormy. And when the, the sailors of the Portuguese went sailing south, they named it the Cape of Storms. But after that cape had been well-rounded by bolder navigators, they named it the Cape of Good Hope. In your experience, you've no doubt had many a Cape of Storms, but you have weathered them all. And now, let them be a Cape of Good Hope to you. Whatever you're going through in life today, it's depression, it's, it's money problems, it's anxiety, if it's, a, if it's a physical ailment such as cancer, or you're, you're dealing with uh, relationship problems, or this pandemic's just really just putting you on the fritz. Church, what I want you to hear today, let this be a time in which you change the name of it to Cape Fear, to Cape of Good Hope, because we have hope in Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this day. We thank you for your words. What a blessing it is to open your words and to be blessed. Lord, would you be with these folks who are listening? Encourage them. Help them to remember who you are. And God, if there be anyone out there who has never trusted you to be their Savior, Father, your word teaches us that we've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's glory. But your gift is eternal life. So Lord, today... Speak to their heart. Lord, may they proclaim you as their Savior and Lord. And Lord, may they confess their sins to you. Lord, we know in Romans it says that if we believe in our heart and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. Father, work in lives today as I know you will and as I know you are. God, I pray that if anyone today makes a decision wherever they're at that they will find a believer, someone they trust, and Lord, they will share the good news of what you've spoken to them today. Thank you. Thank you that we are a people of hope. 